rapid advancements of social media is its growing influence on the lives of people across the globe. With social media platforms becoming more and more accessible, it has easily permeated the lives of its users, roughly 46% of which are women. As women remain underrepresented in different sectors, social media provides an avenue for women's stories and advocacies on representation, safety, and security. These platforms have enabled women to voice out crucial gender issues that are rather limited by other traditional media channels. However, despite the convenience it provides, social media has also made women more vulnerable to misogyny online. Women continue to experience online harassment, specifically through threats of sexual violence, body shaming, and victim blaming. Among the women who are at the receiving end of these microaggressions are Filipinas. To combat these gender issues in and beyond social media, the modern Filipina has joined in the call to advance women empowerment through digital activism and worldwide online campaigns about inclusivity and modern feminism. Thus, Filipinas have began to use social media as a means of reclaiming their power. For instance, in 2018, President Rodrigo Duterte flippantly stated that he did not want the country's next chief justice to be a woman. This remark sparked 12 Filipinas from various social sectors to spearhead the hashtag Babayeho movement online to empower Filipinas' fight against gender inequality. Similarly, in 2020, many joined Frankie Pangilinan online in the hashtag IHAAHO movement, which condemns the culture of blaming women in cases of sexual assault. In observance of the International Women's Day on March the 8th, the Philippines joins the worldwide event by celebrating its own National Women's Month with the theme, We Make Changes Work for Women. With that, it becomes all the more crucial to zoom in on the role of social media in empowering women and making changes work for the Filipinas of today. Welcome to On Point, the guidance podcast arm where we sit down and talk with the experts on issues in and beyond Loyola. Joining us in today's episode is blogger, blogger, podcast host, and a modern Filipina herself, Sab Magalona. Through her platform, she has actively engaged in online movements for Filipinas, such as the hashtag IHAAHO movement, hashtag MyBodyMyRules for women's reproductive health awareness, and recently hashtag WomenLouderTogether with Gabriella, a national alliance of Filipino women. Through her first-hand experiences as a Filipina and an internet personality, we will look into the role of social media as a means of protest and as a tool in shaping the identity of the modern Filipina in today's digital age. I'm Alison Ko. Let's go on point. To start our conversation today, let's talk about what a modern Filipina is. Personally, how would you describe the modern Filipina? What sets her apart from the rest of the world? I think the modern Filipina um, has a sense of humor Definitely, I think we have to have it with all the with all the stuff that we have to go through. A sense of humor is definitely something that we need in order to survive. The modern Filipina is patient, but also knows when to put their foot down. 
I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. I do think, you know, at the core of being the modern Filipina is really her capability, just as you said, to put her foot down against yes. all these societal expectations, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess now that we've settled on what the modern Filipina is, as a Filipina yourself, in what ways would you say have you embodied being a modern Filipina? I think being a modern Filipina personally is finally being more understanding of where people are coming from, why they act a certain way. I think I'm I'm more understanding that not everyone will have the same mindset as I do. We're all brought up differently, especially as a mother. I think I understand that so much more now that it really depends on how you were brought up and the values that are instilled within you. I have this thing that I that I always say in our podcast. Sometimes when you understand people, it explains the behavior, but it doesn't excuse it. So as it explains it, you're more understanding. But knowing that it doesn't excuse that kind of behavior, you want to not necessarily correct them because... I also understand that I'm not always right, but I do want to have a conversation. I'm open to it. I try not to be quick to judge or to be angry, but I do want to talk about it. All right. And now that you've told us about this very inspiring role as a mother and as the dynamic Filipina that you undoubtedly are, since we're also going to talk about social media, let's also zoom in on your role as a content creator. You've been using social media since 2003 when you started blogging. From your view, how has social media evolved since then? In general, what do you think are the good parts and the bad parts of today's social media landscape? Back in 2003, I think definitely the internet or the blogging world was more of an intimate thing. It was really more of a journal that a few strangers would stumble upon and it felt like a safe space (laughs) and through the years definitely more people have gone online and i've gone back and forth as to how i view social media sometimes i just want to run away and hide for forever but i've learned to compromise i've learned that There are some things that I'm willing to compromise and then there are some that I will not take. So I super love the new addition to Twitter, which is to control who can reply to your thread. That makes me feel safer because it hasn't been it hasn't been a safe space for a long time for me personally. And with regards to blogging, I've gone back and forth na. When I was in college, which is like a million years ago, I actually migrated from having my blog open to the public to just a newsletter that people would get in their inbox. And then I went back to public blogging. And then just recently, I went back to doing a newsletter where only those who really want to read it will get the notification in their inbox. It really depends on you and what you feel like you're comfortable with. And for me, the more intimate really, the better. But I do acknowledge the fact that the community that I've built, especially the one I've built with my husband, it does 
it does help to reach more people. So we've kept a few accounts open to the public, but it's a practice of finding that balance of what you're willing to share and not. I actually like what you particularly said about keeping the balance between, you know, as someone who is who has been in the social media for so long, I'm pretty sure you have had these experiences. And in relation to our topic today, how do you think women in particular experience the social media space? I can't speak for all women, but I will say that especially during the last national elections, that was the scariest time for me. I've always been very vocal about my views on politics or what I think we as taxpaying citizens deserve. And when I feel like we are being taken taken advantage of or we're being treated like fools or idiots, then I really will speak my mind. Sometimes, especially when I was younger, it would be to a fault that I really didn't care. I just really wanted to speak my mind. Which is which which can be healthy, but also I've learned that it's also for my own safety and mental health that I've learned to really like think things through before I put anything out there. In two thousand six, when I was speaking out against the administration, I got a lot of death threats and it was very, very scary for me. Um a lot of rape threats even and it was much harder. What? Sorry, 2016, pala, not 2006. <laughs> 2016. Um, it was much because I was think I was thinking, wait, I wasn't pregnant in 2006. <laughs> no, no, no. 2016 was the national elections. I'm right, right? That's correct. Yes. And then in 2017, I was pregnant, and that just made me feel so vulnerable because I was continuing to get death threats and. When you're carrying a child, you'll learn talaga na the, the 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 energy that you have. You'll really feel na you are also putting that, putting your your uterus, your fetus through that. And so, I really had to step away for for quite some time because I really felt like I wasn't in a good place because of all the horror that was happening. And as a woman, you know the the rape threats just because. I was calling out the rape jokes. I was getting rape threats and it wasn't it wasn't fun. We're so sorry that you have to undergo all of these things because and it's also important for our listeners to know that you know with the advancements of social media came the rise of a more accessible platform for women like yourself to voice out and speak out their opinions and stories. However, just as you mentioned, it also has its downsides. And zooming in on the local context, social media today has become a convenient avenue for misogynistic statements and practices against Filipinas, such as sexual harassment and violence, body shaming and victim blaming, among others. And you briefly mentioned your experiences regarding this, but as a Filipina and a longtime content creator, can you focus more on how you experience misogyny online? I don't even know if it was misogyny per se. I think it was um, a lack of creativity in their insults. I think they just didn't... Well, yeah, it was misogyny. Okay, let's call it what it is. Uh, Especially when I had just given birth. Up to now, I have two kids and I still get the the comment of, mag-alaga ka na lang ng anak mo. 
wag ka nang makisawsaw mga ganun and i think no matter what you're doing if if you're a woman or a man or corporate worker or um a musician if people want to put you down they will put well, they will put you down if they're not smart enough that's their go-to insult it's like a lot of my musician friends who are outspoken they get that a lot they get tumugtog ka na lang wag ka nang magsalita tungkol sa politics and no matter what you are that's what they will say and for for women i think it's it's very painful because we we've fought so much for so long to have this right diba so it's i think it's just extra painful but if you have that if you understand that that it's like it's not about you it's it's really about them and their their lack of knowledge about you know your your freedom to speak then it's easier to go about it good thing you shared all these experiences because this is what most of us fail to see right that misogyny online is indeed the real thing happening to all Filipinos out there that even social media personalities like yourself are not spared rather you are even more vulnerable to these attacks and that's how serious this issue against women has already been so now that you shared these experiences i'm sure our listeners who are going through the same thing would like to know how do you deal with misogynistic attacks online what helps you in addressing such experiences I'm glad you brought that up because even if we are more targeted as online personalities, we also have the luxury of having our communities to make us feel like, wait, it's not just me, right? I'm not, I'm not alone in thinking this, right? Because I'm being attacked. And then we have, you know, people defending us even if we're not asking for it. So that really helps us. But I can imagine how it is for someone who, who doesn't have that same online community and they get attacked and then they don't know what to do because it makes them especially for women we get people just gaslight you a lot into thinking that oh my gosh you're totally crazy that's all in your head and that's not true and it's just you so what i would advise is even if you're not a content creator per se it really helps to join communities online or not you know to find your tribe those th- that share the same values as you because even if some random troll online or in real life tells you that you're crazy or you shouldn't be thinking that way it really helps to 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 talk to those friends of yours who you share the same values with because at the end of the day you don't really want everyone's approval that's totally impossible even let's talk about it in terms of me being in a band like we're not going to get the whole world to like our music you know but those that actually appreciate it i think that's what that's what we want to those are the people that we want to keep writing songs for you know but definitely when when we're talking about facts and opinions that's the hard thing some people do not understand facts <laughs> so the more you research and the more the more sources you have the more confidence you have about what you're saying and so you don't have to question yourself so much and just learn that it's really not a you thing it's a it's that person's problem because they don't they don't read enough facts and i guess let me just reiterate what you said that on how you don't need 
anyone's approval but yourself, right? Yeah. And, well, well, not, not not to say that you don't need anyone's approval because we're only human and we want to feel like we have the support of other people. But what I'm saying is we should understand, we should learn kung kaninong approval yung mas importante sa'yo. Right, diba? right. And that's definitely the people that you share the same values with. Because if there's some rando just just talking BS about you, then okay, that doesn't really matter. But like, I would care what what my mom thinks. Like, is she proud of what I'm doing? I'm pretty sure. So, you know, I'm good. <laughs> right, right. And I guess on that note, since we're already in the topic of online misogyny, why don't we discuss more in detail about its different forms being experienced every day by ordinary Filipinas? According to the survey of girls' rights organization Plan International, more than half of young Filipinas experience online harassment. One of the common attacks against them usually involves body shaming. Hmm. How do you deal with derogatory comments or remarks pertaining to your physical looks? Well, I've learned only recently, sadly, um, now that I'm 33, just maybe I needed to know this back when I was in high school, well, even grade school or and all throughout college that it really starts with you and your concept of yourself because no matter what happens even if people are not shaming your body but like you know even if they're complimenting your body if you don't accept it if you don't love your body then you're never gonna be okay with it for me i learned it the hard way my self-concept, I had to work so hard for that. Understanding, like, what do I think about myself? So when I think that I'm to this, I'm to that, then that translates to everything else that I do. Because I believe that. So when, when someone says something, then I question, parang, oh my gosh, is that right? And then that affects me so much and that takes its toll on me. But when I know that, oh, I love my big hips. I mean, I love my big thighs. Damn, I'm I love it, you know? Look at my body. I I gave birth to two wonderful boys and and my body has changed, but I love it so much. I mean, diba? Parang we take all of these things for granted and when I learned na parang I love my body. No matter what anyone says, even if they say, "Oh my gosh, pumayat ka" or "Oh my gosh, Ano, parang medyo tayo, ah. parang, it's for me, it's like, I don't feel, <laughs> not to say I don't feel anything, but for me, it's like, okay, well, that's your opinion, but I'm, 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 I love my body, you know? So that's something that I would have wanted to know back then. So no matter what people comment or whatever, if it's your Instagram account or whatever, definitely that's your space. Delete the comments if you want to, that's, that's your choice. But definitely work on your self-concept because once your once your your beliefs about yourself once they're solid, then there's no question you don't even really get bothered by those things. And you know, as someone who is also who has been insecure before, and even up up to now, actually, every now and then you get insecure of how you look, of how others might say, right? But again, to reiterate what you said, it really starts with your own concept of yourself. Totally. 
And you know, all these talk about body shaming actually begs the question, why do this culture of body shaming continues to exist? One of the significant factors in body shaming is the over-reliance of Filipinos to Eurocentric beauty standards. Mm -hmm. How do you suggest we overcome this mentality given that it is ingrained in the minds of most Filipinos? It's 2022. <laughs> it's such a it's such a backwards concept. I feel like totally we are we are at a time where we're understanding more and more that there are no boxes to be in, diba? Parang we're so free to basically do whatever we want. But that's why I think uh that the what you think about yourself is the most important thing is because even if we are free to do whatever we want then that means you know maybe sometimes we overdo it on the photoshop or on the filters because we do want to appeal to beauty standards well once you really learn and talagang truly accept ha, what you like about yourself and and i hope that's th those are a lot of things <laughs> Diba? Then, then, voila. Your only standards are the ones that matter. You know, I think this is a very important thing. Every Filipina out there must hear because considering how adamant body shaming has been on social media, this has taken a toll on the self-esteem and self-confidence of women, particularly of young girls, in which they feel that the way they look holds them back or limits what they can do. However, Relative to body shaming is also the tendency of slut-shaming women based on the way they dress. Given the conservative Filipino culture, what can you advise women who feel limited in wearing the clothes they want to wear in the fear of being slut-shamed? Well, definitely, I hope that whatever you wear is for you, right? It's not for anyone's approval or what you think will attract a partner. If you want to wear that for yourself, then by all means, do it. But if you're doing it to, to, to look for other people's approval, then maybe there's something that you should rethink there, right? So if you're, and this goes both ways, huh? I think the, the term slut shaming is so, it's so strange to me because there are so many levels of like what, what slutty is to someone, right? Like, I don't even know anymore. I just think it's so cool when when someone's able to express themselves in how they dress up, right? So I think it's all this overthinking that's <laughs> that's messing up our our society, right? It's like who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Honestly, when I'm when I'm at the loss for words or mm -hmm. when when I see like there, you know, these these threads on so many things, I just say to myself Oh my God, who cares? And then like I move on because it's like so much time is spent on that. Like, you know what? Just just do what you want. And as long as you're not hurting anyone, if you're then then again, who cares? Exactly, exactly. You know, with social media, where it has become so easy kasi, to hear all these unsolicited advice mm -hmm. from people who think they know what's best for you. And mm -hmm. hearing what you said about 
embracing who you want to be and not letting anyone dictate what you should do and what you should wear. But again, unfortunately, um, the reality of misogyny in social media does not end with just body shaming and such shaming, no matter how bad they already are. Another prevalent form of misogyny online is victim blaming. Women and their appearance or choice of clothing are often blamed for inviting sexual abuse and not the perpetrators themselves. As Filipinas, how do you think we should confront such instances of victim blaming? I think girls need to to stick together because from what I from what I learned, it's like we're soldiers at war and when someone gets wounded, they shouldn't be left behind because that could easily have been you, you know, when you're on the battlefield and if that were you, would you and you were wounded, would you want your your fellow soldiers to leave you there, right? I, I don't think so. So I think we have to stick together and definitely show support and at least hear each other out and be there for each other emotionally. And yeah, I think what's, what's, what's most important is to literally sometimes when, 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 when someone's going through something, you don't even have to hear much. You just need someone to be there to listen. Being open to that would really help a lot. And a simple support can really go a long way, right? Yeah. And since we're on the topic of victim blaming, let me also bring this up. Maria Clara remains to be the ideal Filipina. She has created a standard where Filipinas must dress and act conservatively to be deemed as respectable. How much of a factor do you think this mentality plays on the issue of victim blaming? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the whole Maria Clara thing... Is she the one who said that everyone should dress this way? Not really, but I think it's it's kind of the society who imposed it on Filipinas that this is the ideal Filipina, right? I'm pretty sure it was dictated by people other than women, right? So uh, makes you think, right? I mean, what if some people just want to dress conservatively? That's up to them. And if they want to, again, that's what they want to do. I'm never for dictatorship, you know. So it's like don't let anything dictate what you wear or what you or well I was going to say how you act but like definitely I think you have to be mindful of how you act because you don't want to you don't want to hurt anyone, right? I completely agree. It's really more on giving women choices. Right. And yeah. I must say I'm really looking forward to the time when we completely liberate the Filipino women from all these outdated societal standards and boxes, just as you mentioned. And so now we've talked about body shaming, such shaming, and victim blaming. However, on the top of the list of misogynistic practices is online gender-based violence. Women aged 18 to 30 and underaged girls are reported to be the most affected by this, with cases tripling as we entered the COVID-19 pandemic. As a mom yourself, how do you suggest we address this issue in which minors remain to be the most vulnerable in these platforms? Who do you think should take responsibility for this? When you say the word minor, then the, the parent should be responsible for this because that, that's the only way. I mean, it's not a safe, it's, 
it's not a safe space honestly i mean if we're gonna be frank about it, it's not a safe space we, we are responsible for our children definitely and i think in an idealistic world there would be no perverts ever right but that's idealistic but if we're gonna be realistic about it i think we have to work on what's in our control as parents that's what i would say it's like i don't think the internet is something that minors should be part of speaking of the safe space um it actually reminded me on how we must ask accountability right for the perpetrators in our society and also the people in power in, in this case the parents who have mm. the ability to make changes in making this social media a safe space for women and minors and i guess speaking of people in power in our country we can also start with our president um, mm-hmm. From inappropriately calling women derogatory terms to what else? Uh, publicly flirting or harassing them. President Rodrigo Duterte has had his fair share of sexist comments and misogynistic quote unquote jokes. Um, mm-hmm. What are the implications? What do you think are the implications of these actions of the president to the current societal mistreatments towards Filipinas? Oh, totally. It's like. It's empowering all of these perverts. <laughs> really, it's so. The it, the fact that his supporters call him Tatay. It's like, what kind of example are you showing your quote unquote children, right? That's why I think you know, to be a leader, you really have to, you have to lead by example, and if that's the example that you set. That's really gonna carry on, right? That that's people think it's okay. I mean, the president does it, so you know, I guess we can do it. Woohoo! And well, sorry. Before that, I just want to clarify when I was talking about parents being in charge of being responsible for for their children. I I also acknowledge the fact that at a certain age, even if you are a minor, I mean, if you're in high school, you will definitely this is a part of our lives now, the internet. But I really do feel like you need the guidance of your parents still because I definitely was <laughs> blogging when I was a minor and you know I really liked the freedom but I but I know that back then when when it wasn't such a scary world I also felt unsafe at times so I can only imagine how it is for for high schoolers right now definitely I think even if I say that it's not realistic to just snap our fingers and perverts and misogynists are gone i think it's not so bad to f- to look for an ideal world and the first step to that is having a leader that leads by example and definitely not making rape a joke and not just just <laughs> acting like a, a misogynistic fool you know that's a, that's a, that's definitely a step towards the right direction I couldn't agree more with that, Sav. But you know, thankfully, despite the seemingly poor government response, Filipinas have actually taken actions upon themselves. On the bright side, to combat these gender issues, modern Filipinas reclaimed social media by using it to empower one another. And as you said earlier, by creating communities to advocate body positivity, sexual abuse awareness, and digital safety, among others. Do you have personal experiences in online movements for women empowerment that you would like to share? Oh, definitely. I think it's such a great thing that uh, 
I see a lot of these movements out there. Um, in our in our community, we have the Pod Kids. Uh, those are the listeners of our podcast. Wake up with Jim and Sab, and I just love our Pod Kids. They are so progressive, and they've formed their own clubs. Um, there are book clubs, and then you know film clubs. And what I love about it is that gender isn't even really like a big deal because it is. They know that it's such a safe space that we we will not allow for you know any abuse or disgusting remarks made by men usually so i think creating this safe space it's like it's a haven for for young adults i think that's i think it's great and also i think the community we've built in some way because they call us pod parents me and jim pod mom and pod dad and I think it's so nice that these kids who who have you know their own issues they they really feel like we are parenting them in a way and it's a kind of modern parenting and guidance and I, I don't claim to be to be you know your parent but definitely if it helps then we are so happy to do that woman or not right right and can I- can I also ask what made you join Advocacies for Women Empowerment or what pushed you to create a safe space for, you know, for women in which gender is not an issue? And why do you think it is important to create a safe space for women? With everything you were talking about this whole time, I mean, we, we've all experienced it. And that's why I think creating a safe space is just, it was a no-brainer. I mean, I, I don't even want to put my my blog out there in public because I just don't feel safe anymore. And with the community that we've built, which is mostly, it's mostly made up of my blog readers from a long time ago. So definitely the ratio between women and men are, obviously it's mostly women. Kumbaga, well, you guys, you're free to join, but also like know that this is, this is a girl's ter- this is our territory like mostly so you better be careful what you say so it's like we're not excluding people but we're also we're also very clear in the fact that hey you better behave <laughs> and i do like it cuz even in our podcast see jim is also very he's very self-aware about how disgusting men can be we're not hiding that it's like it's just a thing we all know that and you know i think i think being aware about that and wanting to change it i think that's that's i think that helps with our community because even the guys who are not self-aware they become aware of the fact that oh i guess some of the things that i've been doing isn't exactly great you know, I do hope that our listeners and also Filipinos would get what you're trying to say here. That, you know, as something as simple as building an online community and being open to, um, and also supporting, going back to, the, to our context of online movements, something as simple as liking, I guess, and retweeting can really go a long way, right? And showing support and empowering women. But I guess looking at the bigger picture, it is as important to know that women empowerment should not 
and within the borders of the digital space or the online world. Beyond social media, how do you suggest we as a nation can make changes work for ourselves and our fellow Filipinas? Definitely. In May, you better vote for Lenny. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yes, here's to hoping for that. And of course, working together, right, towards that goal of making changes for yeah. our fellow Filipinas. I mean, I, I don't, this is not definitely like this, not us campaigning. Well, we are kind of, I mean, let's be real. But I think just me saying to vote for Lenny Robredo, it's so, it means so much more. I think because you see what she's been through, what she's been, she's being put through, and how she, how she reacts to them and how she deals with all the misogyny thrown her way, I think she's just an amazing example. And if you put her in the leading position, in the top position in our country, then definitely I think things will things will follow and we will feel more empowered. And we will honestly, I think, we'll believe more in ourselves as women. Right. And actually what you said actually reminded me, right, on how it's time to stop just asking women what they need to do and start asking the society what it should do, right? Because this fight for women empowerment should not be just women alone. It should be a collective effort from the whole society. Yeah. Right. And now to wrap up our insightful discussion, I'm sure our Filipino listeners who want to follow your example would want to hear some parting advice from you. As someone who is already established in the social media sphere, what advice can you give to your fellow women in navigating these platforms? You have to acknowledge what, what's in your control and not. And I think your self-respect is the most important thing to work on and what you think about yourself. Because these these things that you believe about yourself, this will trigger everything you do. Honestly, I think in every facet of your life, it's your belief about, it's your concept about yourself that will determine what you will do, what you will get done, what will you what you will achieve. So if you believe that you deserve respect, that you are worthy, then you will not tolerate anything from men or women alike that just don't don't see that too, about because that's what you believe about yourself. So if there's anything that you should do, I think it's that. Because again, once you have once you believe in yourself and once you think you're worthy, then this is a cause that you will know is worth fighting for. Very well said. And on that note, we would like to thank you, Sam, for thank taking you. the time to join us today. We really commend your contribution and your experiences as a modern Filipina in creating safe spaces and empowering women in and beyond social media. Thank you, Alison. Thank you so much. That concludes today's episode of On Point, the guidance podcast arm where we sit down and talk with the experts on issues in and beyond Loyola. Special thanks to our executive producers, Samantha Latko and Martin Ramos, as well as our producers, Tatiana El Maligro, Andrea Micaela Yanes, Neil R. Reyes, and Beatrice C. Reyes. This episode was edited by Iliana Padilla. Our cover art is by Tiffany Koo and our theme music is brought to you by Vivid Productions. 
This has been Alison Ko. Thank you for going on point with us. <laughs>